All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, was it ever crazy last night? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. And whew, if you would have bet the Edmonton Orders to give up eight goals last night, whew, you would have been pretty lucky. They, wouldn't, they didn't have that prop bet. You want to know why? Because, did you know, here's a fun little stat for you. And by the way, welcome to the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Thank you very much for listening. The text line, I know we're going to get to some of the texts later on in the show, 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Uh, lots of thoughts, some coming in already, but uh, some fun numbers for you. The Edmonton Oilers last night was their 3400th regular season game in the NHL. Only the 56th time they have allowed eight or more goals. It's pretty rare. 0.16% of the time. It becomes even less that they lose by seven. Because some of those games actually won 12-9, 12-8. few they tied 8-8. Crazy. Different time. And you might lose 9-5, 9-6, 9-4, but to get absolutely spanked 8-1, to one, it's rare. It does not happen very often. Happened last night. Uh, the Oilers were roadkill. They got outworked. They didn't get enough saves. They got outworked. They didn't bury their scoring chances. They got outworked. They lost many one-on-one battles. They got outworked. The penalty kill allowed three goals on six chances. They got outworked. You get the point. Here's some numbers from last night. So, and, and first of all, 
There is no one person that you can find blame. If you think if Matias Ekholm was in the lineup that the result would have been different, God love you, but I think you're dreaming in Technicolor. Unless Matias Ekholm can somehow inject work ethic into the veins of his teammates, it wasn't happening. In the first period alone last night, puck battle win percentage, 38 for the orders. 38%. 38%. You're not going to win every one, but my goodness, when you're losing 62% of the battles, guess what? Not good. And here's the, the most glaring stat from last night. And I think if anybody watches it, you'll be like, yep. The Vancouver Canucks had 11 scoring chances off of turnovers. The Edmonton Oilers had one. The Oilers' puck management was terrible. They did not win battles until the third period when the game was over. And Vancouver's like, eh, you know what? Our goalie's a little dehydrated. We'll take him out of the game. And it, di- it didn't matter at that point. Game was over. But the orders are good news. Hey, they can't play worse. Honestly, I will say this. The orders aren't losing by seven goals again this season. Hot take alert. Hot take alert. It's not happening. But make no mistake, this was not one player. This was not, oh, they should have kept Raphael Lavoie. No, the Edmonton Orders, collectively, top to bottom, their consistent work ethic was not remotely on the level of the Vancouver Canucks, excluding for the first five minutes. The Orders actually came out well. They were shooting them 5-2 in the first five minutes. And then after that, it was all downhill, baby. They're going downhill. The brakes failed. And it was just, please don't crash into the ditch. And they crashed into the ditch. Then they went into the spruce trees, through to the Russian olives. And it was just, it was downhill from there, man. It was an epic, brutal game for the Empton Orders. And here's the thing. Those games will happen. As I mentioned, it's the 44th season for the Empton Orders. It's the 56th time. So you can say on average once a year. You know, remember in, uh, in March of 22, the Orders got spanked by the Flames. It happens. You'll have a bad game. Right or wrong, when it happens on opening night, you notice it more. It creates more angst. It creates more frustration. And I totally understand it. I'm not going to sit here and say, ah, it's just one game. Don't worry about it. Even though, we, hey, I get that it's one game. And you know what? You have that game in game one or in game 56. It doesn't change anything in the standings. But optically and psychologically, it's different. You wait all summer. Order fans are excited. Oh, yeah, here we go. Maybe you're with your buddies. You were down at the pizza pig out last night. Then you came to our watch party. You were with your buddies wherever you're watching the game. Heck, maybe you flew to Vancouver and watched the game. Sitting at home, your kids, you know, you got your routine back. All right, the game is on. I got my chips. I got my dip. I got a beer. I got my sugar-free pop, whatever it is you drink. And then you watch that debacle and you're just like, oh, I waited four and a half months for that. No, thanks. So I get why people are frustrated. Right? I totally understand that. And that, and you know what? I think that's okay. To, we all, you can be frustrated, but also at the same time recognize that, yeah, it's only one game. I think that's fair. I'm not going to sit here and tell people, oh, yo, calm down. No, but I will say don't blame one person because there's no one single person 
that you can look at and say, hey, they had a really good game. Now, the best line without question was the Fogle Holloway McLeod line. They're pretty solid, but as solid as you can be in 8 1 loss, right? It's like when you're 5'7 and all your buddies are 5'6 and you're like, I'm the tallest. Technically, you are. It's not necessarily something you're going to brag about in other circles. It's just how it is. You go to a bald convention, I got the most hair. Technically, you do. Probably not something you're bragging about. So, the uh, Oilers last night, just, they weren't there. From and, and, and here's the funny part. I actually didn't think Jack Campbell played that bad. Like, look at the first goal. You know, Peterson makes the saucer pass over Kulak's stick. And Kulak knows right away that, you know what, I got to get my body behind that or a glove out. Right on the tape of Garland. Deke's in tight. There's no chance for the goalie. Second goal, I don't think there's much chance. Third goal, if you want to say, hey, the first rebound I didn't like, okay, I can live with that. No problem. Fourth goal, a lucky one off a skate. Again, not a major issue for the goalie. I'm curious what they would do because Jay Woodcroft has two choices here. He can stick with, I think I'm going to go with Stuart Skinner, or he can say, guess what? I went with Campbell, Skinner. They each got a half a game. They each had the exact same save percentage. Let's just start from scratch. We're going to pretend, you know what? We're going to watch the film, but then we're going to race that game because we can't change it. And maybe they'll go back and go to Campbell and say, guys, everybody gets a restart. Possible, but we'll see. Because if that comes in, it's 11 and 7, right? There's no way they had 12. There's no way they could have 12 forwards. We've got a lot of people texting us at 833-401-1440. They need 12 forwards. Well, sure, but they can't get 12 forwards until Marcus Niemelainen is cleared. Unless you want to send Philip Broberg down because he doesn't require waivers. Those are your only two options. It's your only way to get 12 forwards is you send Broberg down when Ekholm's healthy to get a 12 forward. I don't see that happening. Or you wait till Niemelainen's healthy. And then you're able to... Uh, to bring up a 12 forward or sign Adam Ernie, which is probably more likely. So, um, now the orders, hey, Gregor, the orders said all summer they wanted a good start. What happened? Well, I don't know what happened. Well, I can tell you what happened. They just didn't match it. But remember, a good start isn't one game. Because if you win the opening game of the season and lose five in a row, does that mean you had a good start? No, I think what the orders are talking about of a good start was at after 20 games, they're not a 10 and 10 team, probably not an 11 9 team. Ideally, I think they'd like to be 13 and 7 or better. That's what they'd want to be. So we'll see. Hey, guys, they came in early this year to be ready. Yeah, I know, Muzz, they did. And it uh, it didn't happen. It did not happen. It was uh, it was ugly. Hey, guys, is Bouchard disposable? Best trade ship they have to bring to D-Man that can help them win a cup. Way too soft. Well, hey, anybody's tradable. Do uh, do I think that they're going to be actively shopping Evan Bouchard? I don't. I, it was a bad game. Bouchard, like, I'm sorry. That play on the second goal, like, you can't lose a puck battle that easily. And it's, it's Giuseppe, right? Like, he's a pizza delivery guy, for goodness sakes. Okay, like, you go in there, watch that replay. Giuseppe didn't even really do much to win the battle. It can't be that easy. All right, so, and that's one example for Bouchard on that play. I can find lots of other ones in the game. 
where the orders simply did not make it hard enough on their opposition. And you know what? Well, when I say they're going to be better on Saturday, well, of course I can say that because it's almost impossible to be worse. Right? Almost impossible to be worse. So I'm curious how they respond. I'm curious, you know, Jack Campbell, it's early on. It's a test. Jack Campbell had talked about the mental focus for him, not getting down. So, you know, that game, Campbell, I don't think was terrible. I know he's hard on himself, but can he look and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, not a great result, but I got to let it go. Because the players are. Connor McDavid, dry settled. Nurse, go down the list. When Saturday comes, they're not going to be on the faceoff thinking, geez, got to make up for Wednesday. Right? It's in the past. Harder maybe for goalies to do it, but he has to. He has to. Sorry. Hey guys, the orders are the most skilled team in our division. Hard work will beat skill most of the time. They need to be better. From uh, Imitation Tom. Uh, hard work, will it beat skill? Yeah, but Oilers actually, I think, normally are a pretty hardworking team. Last night, not at all compared to Vancouver. That's fair. But oh, I don't think Edmonton has a reputation. Like last year, like the one thing, actually, it's funny. Their most skilled guys are on their power play. The Oilers' power play, actually, one of the big reasons why they're so successful is watch how many second and third opportunities they generate from winning puck battles. So I agree. Last night, not good. But overall, I think Edmonton's uh, work ethic is actually uh, is actually pretty good. So, hey guys, embarrassing game for fans to watch. This team is supposed to be ready. They look cocky. Figure the regular season to be a cakewalk. They were snapped in reality. I expect them to dominate on Saturday from KM. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Vancouver's going to come in here really confident. Could Edmonton dominate them? Sure. Vancouver just dominated the orders. But I, I, I will say, I'm not sold that Edmonton thought the regular season would be a cakewalk. I just think they came in and were flat. Ridiculously flat. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Hey, guys, I don't think that can happen after you tell you the media, the team knows how important it is to get off to a good start. You put that on the ice. And that's valid. I understand it. But again, the start is going to be more than just one game. Because had the orders dominated last night and then lay the egg for the next four, now you're one and four, and that's not a good start. So the orders, obviously you don't want to go down 0-2. Of course you can in an 82-game season, but you don't want to, especially against a division rival. It's early on in the season, but adversity is a good thing. It's not major adversity. Let's be honest. It's not major. It's one loss. And had they lost 4-3 in the standings, it's no different than an ass-kicking of 8-1 to one that they had last night. And, and we can get into the conversation. Is it better to get spanked like that or to play meh and lose 4-3? Because maybe you can convince yourself in that meh game that, hey, yeah, we did some things okay. This will be the easiest film schedule of the season for Dre Woodcroft. There's not one player that's going to be going into that film room. He's had a pretty good game last night. I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> yeah. No chance, man. No 
Chance. Hey, boys, you had the pizza event. I watched the Oil Kings lose 7 nothing. Tough night. John at St. Albert. Well, John, you should have come to the pizza pig out at Molson House. It was awesome. Huge shout-out to uh, all the pizzerias. Con man, did you have a, a favorite za last night that you tried? Yeah, Campio's Don't Air Pizza. So good. It was so good. A UFO had some great pizza as well. Had to dip in on my... My guys at uh, Papa John's a little bit. Uh, yeah, it was it was great turnout. A lot of great people there. The the mood was fantastic, and uh, I I loved the generosity, Gregor, of the people down there. Obviously, the fifty fifty. You know that's going to sell in Edmonton. But uh, the gentleman who won the McDavid jersey and then promptly made you an auctioneer and gave it right back and said, "Let's raise some more money." That was very cool. But uh, yeah, the pizza was fantastic. Definitely a must attend event for those uh, who love the pizza. And it was very, uh, very good times. Very yeah, good for times. The, for those who attended, let me know what your favorite was. Uh, I know the, the, they're calculating all the votes. Did you have a favorite? Um, Pizza Garage I hadn't tried before, and it was awesome. What now, kind? I had the uh, I, I had a barbecue chicken, and then I had the uh, oh, what was it called? It had a weird name, and I sh- I wrote it down on my sheet, but I don't have my sheet here with me. But there was a pizza that I didn't try because everybody told me it was spicy, and I'm kind of a softy for <laughs> spicy food. And people were raving about it. And like I said, like it's got a real kick. So I'm curious about those who tried the spicy pizza. Um, I don't remember the name because there's man, there were so many pizzas there, I couldn't remember them all. But if I should have brought in my uh, card uh, when I filled out to, to who I think is going to win, but it was fun. Uh, thanks everybody for coming. And uh, raising a lot of money for kids sport, having a lot of fun. Uh, we already have our next year's venue, uh, not officially booked, but uh, ready to go with uh, a few new twists. So uh, that'll be fun next year. Uh, hey, before we uh, we get to a quick break. Hey, Gregor, I got a trivia question for you. Who scored the Leafs' first goal of the 23-24 season? <laughs> oh, I know the answer to this one. I saw it. Yes, it was a pretty good moment for the kid. I tell you, I, I, I talked to him briefly uh, today, and you know what? Uh, you score your team's first goal in your first game for that new team uh, when you're trailing and the building goes nuts. It just, uh, you know, it's a different atmosphere there than it is in San Jose. Like it would be playing in Edmonton, you're playing in Calgary, you're playing in Vancouver, you're playing in Winnipeg. Some of those Canadian markets, man, Chicago, right? Boston. There's a few others, but yeah, it's a. Uh, Pretty big moment. Quite the entertaining game, uh, Montreal and Toronto. Austin Matthews with a hat trick. How about Brock Besser? Here's a fun trivia for you, Oiler fans. Do you remember the last time an oil, an opponent scored four goals against the Oilers? Think about it for a second. You probably got to go back in time a little bit. You've got to go back 21 years, Connor Halley. The last time a player scored four goals against the Edmonton Oilers. No player in NHL history has ever scored five against the Oilers. Brock Besser had four last night. The last time is actually the only time it's ever happened in Edmonton. The other 11 were all on the road. Were you in the building on December 14th, 2002, when Marcus Naslin scored four goals as a member of the Vancouver Canucks. So, yes, the last two players to score four goals against the Orders, both members of the Canucks. Strutty 
was in the building that night as a member of the Vancouver Canucks. Actually, I take that back. He was traded. Maybe that's why Nazan scored four. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? So, yeah. Wendell Clark, Mike Medano, Tane with Solani, Brett Hall, Steve Iserman, Miroslav Freitcher, Ron Francis, Butch Goring, Bernie Nichols, and Mike Bossy. Pretty good list of players. I guess if you're going to give up four, pretty good list. Lots in the uh, 1 and 81, 2 and 83, 84, 86, 1 and 89, 2 and 95, 2 and 96. And then Marcus Naslin, 202, and now Brock Besser in 2023. Order fans hope it's another 20 years before it happens again. Take a quick break. Uh, coming up on the program today, Terry Ryan is back with us. He will uh, join us on the show. Also, we will have uh, Bronte. Rob Collins will be by. Talk a little NFL. Lance uh, Lazowski will join us. How about the uh, Twin Towers on the back end in Buffalo? Rasmus Dahlin has signed extension, and now Owen Power is locked up eight years at 8.3 million bucks. So if you're a Sabres fan, you know who your back end is. You know the two main guys for the next eight years. Well, actually, it's nine. So good news for them. Livingston will be by a little bit later on. We'll get to spec. We'll get to our uh, playalberta.ca picks. Also, are you coming to West Edmonton Mall where the Sports 1440 studio is? Of course, it's uh, Orders Autograph signing day today. Um. I got something for you if you're coming down to West Edmonton Mall. You might want to make a pit stop at the Sports 1440 studio. We'll tell you about that coming up in the uh, 3 o'clock hour. Take a quick break. We'll return to the Jason Greger Show live on Sports 1440. Also, you can watch us live on Oilers Nation YouTube where whew, postgame was fired up with uh, your Remchuk last night. It was uh, It's a hot time. People are, you know what, that's a tough loss, man. You wait four and a half months, you lay an egg like that? I'm sorry. I think fans are totally within their rights to be upset about it. Now you'll move on and you'll cheer loud on Saturday, but that was a brutal game. Con's trying to bring the tone down. Calm everybody down. Although, you know what I will say? Our texters are great. They're like, hey, man, brutal game, I get it. But I'll be watching, as you should, right? Two things can happen. You can be upset about the game, but not concerned about the season. I think there's two different things here. People who are like, oh, I'm worried after one game. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like, think about it. The orders were 500 after 20 games last year. Edmonton's a good team. They sucked last night. There's no sugarcoating it. No pretending. There's no excuses. Oh, this guy's good. No. The team was terrible last night. They did not match the work ethic of Vancouver, and they were full marks for their loss. Full marks. They deserved to have the ass kicking because they didn't play very well at all. So, you know what? They'll have to be better. Good news is virtually impossible to be worse. Virtually impossible. So, I do want to get to uh, this one. Hey, Greg's, what do you think about McDavid's uninformed pouting after the game? He didn't know Demko was sick, but for him to talk about a team putting out their top power play, which they didn't, is a little pot and kettle if you ask me from Tim well Tim here how would McDavid how would he supposed to know if the other goalie was sick how would he know that right number one but number two um didn't Vancouver score the seventh goal with their number one unit on the power play that's what he's talking about it was six one they put on their first year and by the way I don't care and if McDavid wants to get upset about it great if there's animosity in the regular season fire it up awesome and if the orders are up big and they want to put out McDavid when it's 6-1, to one, 
I would do it too. Great. You're supposed to play 60 minutes. We're, we've, we've had that thrown down our earlobes for a year. That's terrible saying. What the hell was I talking about? Earlobes. Awful. But, geez, that was almost as bad as the orders last night. It's been stuffed down our throat. 60 minutes. We've got to play a 60-minute game. Well, if you want to play a 60-minute game, then the other team should be able to play their guys whenever they want. Right? Now I know people will say, well, it's an unwritten rule. I have no problem with Vancouver doing it. But don't say they didn't do it when Miller scored with Hughes and Pedersen on the power play to make it 7-1. to one. What are you talking about? They used their, uh, the, it wasn't their first unit. It was their first unit. And if McDavid wants to be pissed about it, great. But I don't think, Van, I have no problem with Vancouver doing it. I have no problem with any team doing it. This is professional sports. This isn't minor hockey. So I don't have an issue with it at all. How about you don't take dumb penalties and don't let them score six goals then? Or stop them. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's pro sports. Get over it. Yeah. Um, but uh, to claim that they didn't have their, their, uh, their first unit on for the seventh goal, it's right on the game sheet, my man. They did. Now, let's get to the oil report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. How about this? You can save up to $5,000 on any of the remaining 2023 Volvo models right now. It's a steal of a deal. And if you like Ecom as much as many of you do, you know that Ecom drives a Volvo. You can too. VolvoEdmonton.com as we welcome in Ruben uh, Bronte. Rubes, uh, whew, I was a, uh, I would say, a soiling of the sheets by the uh, Edmonton orders across the board last night. <laughs> a group soiling, as it were. Yes. Yes. I, I take it some people are rattled if we're going after Connor McDavid for what he said already. That's a that's a record one game into the season. You know what? Uh, You've talked about it already. This was from top to bottom. Uh, it's the difference between the team sucks, which is an ongoing thing, and the team sucked. Well, the team sucked last night. There's no way around it. And that goes from the, the top of the lineup to the bottom of the lineup. That should be obvious. Uh, it's It's not a matter of it's only one game because when it's the – Opening game after captain skates and training camp and expectations by a lot of people who aren't just wishful thinkers that this is a Stanley Cup contending team, uh, an upper echelon team. To come out and see that kind of hockey game, I, I get it how people are rattled. And I hate saying settle down because you always sound like somebody's dad when you say that, but settle down. <laughs> it's okay. It was one terrible game. Uh, I'd be more concerned of if we don't see a complete turnaround in that second game. Because if, if, if they didn't have a reason to be revved up and ready to go, and they didn't, because I don't know why they weren't, but Saturday is it. And I heard you earlier as well. I would go with Jack Campbell again. The one thing I worry about, in terms of a hangover from a display that bad, Jason, uh, Jack Campbell has a history of getting on himself and worrying and sweating everything and being his own worst enemy in a lot of ways. I say, Jack, you weren't as good as you need to be, but neither was anybody else. 
get back in there. Everybody has a do over. I think that's the best thing you could do for this goaltender, knowing how he is and what his history is. Yeah, you know what? I actually didn't think Cavill was even that bad on those four goals last night. I don't think he had a chance on the first one. Uh, definitely the fourth one's unlucky. The third one, maybe I would say, hey, the first rebound with his blocker, he probably uh, pushed it a little too farther yeah. than you would like. But other than that, like I'd, I, I didn't think Campbell was was awful. Like like compared to last year, where you had pucks go right through him. That didn't yeah. happen. So it's still four goals on 16 shots. So it's not great for sure. But that's one where I thought that was a mercy pull more than the goalie's bad. And I did kind of chuckle when I saw identical, uh, 750 save percentages for both goalies. So, um, you know what? We'll, we'll see what Jay Woodcroft does. To me, it doesn't matter who starts in goal because if the guys in front of him don't have a better work ethic, it ain't going to matter. Well, what struck me, Jason, um, they seem to be out of sync all at the same time. So maybe in that sense, they were in sync at being out of sync. I didn't see any flow. I didn't see uh, them looking like they were connected. I lost track of how many times they handed the puck to the Canucks and lost pucks to Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver looked like the sound of st- defensive uh, team on the planet last night. They didn't. They did. They weren't coughing stuff up. The Oilers didn't mount any kind of of pressure uh, on the forecheck. They didn't steal pucks. They didn't get in lanes. It was Vancouver. Uh, it was like shooting fish in a barrel, to use the old saying. I don't know what the loose pucks were, but they had to be ridiculously one sided for the Canucks. Well, in the first period, Vancouver won sixty two percent of uh, battles on loose pucks. And in the, in the game, Vancouver had 11 scoring chances off of turnovers. The orders had one, the orders turned the puck over a lot. Um, they're, you know, and Jay Woodcroft talked about their work ethic was just simply not there, uh, collectively as a team, right? It's not just, there wasn't where you could say, okay, this one guy or these two guys, it was uh, collectively weak across the board. And so they'll move forward. I, uh, I, I, I'll say last night, was there, like, was there anybody whose game you liked? I thought the, uh, I thought the Fogel line had some moments. Um, I didn't, I was busy staring at who I didn't like. I, I sure couldn't get, I, I, I couldn't find a good shift, uh, uh, for Nurse and Bouchard. It was like water and oil. They just, they just, at least for last night, they didn't, uh, they didn't play uh, very well together. They were out of sync. I thought, I thought uh, down the lineup, uh, you know, I didn't mind Hall away. He was a little bit all over the place, but he brought some energy, you know, before he, before he uh, got hit with the shot and went out, I thought, I thought he brought some jump, which is a start given that hardly anybody had any of that uh, last night. The big guys, they're going to have games like that. Again, uh, it's not a matter of telling people to settle down, but really uh, I think Connor McDavid can have a, a nothing game and so can Leon Dreisaitl. Do you want that? No, you don't, but it's going to happen. Accept it. I can pretty much guarantee they'll be better on Saturday because that's what makes them the players they are. Uh, I didn't see a bunch of guys I liked, though, Jay. I, 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 uh, I honestly didn't. If if your third line's the best you've got, 
um, that's that's probably not good enough. No, there was, you know, Dylan Holloway, I guess the good news is that block shot. Uh, Jay Woodcroft said he expects him to play on Saturday, which is obviously good. Because yeah. here's the thing. Um, well, they could have an emergency recall because they played with 19. So they, they could uh, recall somebody if uh, if Holloway's injured. But uh, he is going to play. Uh, sounding like we might see Ekholm, so they would go with uh, 11 and 7. Uh, I'm not one who buys into, wow, Matthias Ekholm is going to solve all the problems because last night was a work ethic problem. It wasn't uh, just a defensive systemic issue. It was work ethic mm-hmm. more than anything else. Like you actually had guys in position where they just, they were in the position, but not in the right position. If you know what I mean? Uh, they're there, but they're six inches out of position. I don't think Ekholm's going to magically be able to inject the work ethic into his group to get them all uh, up and running. So I, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see. Uh, you know, the fire for McDavid, I actually don't mind it. Um, even if it's, uh, even if it's obviously he didn't know that Demko was sick and, um, you know yep. what? If he's upset about the other team's power play, that's fine. He has a right to be upset, just like Vancouver has the right to put their, uh, uh, other team's power play out there. Here's the thing. The only beef I would have, well, outside of the whole effort of that game was hmm. Edmonton. It's the third period. You're playing this team again on Saturday. There is zero attempt to send any sort of physical message. That kind of bothered me. Yeah, and, and I thought we might see a physical game out there the way it started with the scrap early on. I didn't mind that at all. Um, nothing wrong with some emotion. Yeah, you know what? I think they, they looked a little bit, uh, and it's not an excuse, but you watch enough hockey, you'll see it. They looked a little bit stunned, like it was like, what the heck? Yeah, well, you know what? I, I don't... They just didn't and, have it. They, uh, they had no answer for it. It was kind of weird. It was. Yeah, they they didn't have. Uh, there was there was no uh, uh, f bombs flying. There was no emotion on the bench. Uh, you just didn't see any of anything. Ron Brownlee joins us on Edmonton's Sports Authority, Sports fourteen forty. Uh, Rubes around the NHL. Uh, hey, we saw lots of it. It was point night for Besser and Peterson. Uh, Austin Matthews gets a hat trick. Miko Rantanen gets, uh, uh, four points. Um, Taylor Hall, do you think that, like, Brett Howden's already been suspended? Do you think we see another suspension from the Hall hit? Or do you think that was shoulder first? I thought it was shoulder first. I didn't think it was, uh, uh it, it didn't strike me as, oh, you can't do that. Um, could somebody find it in there if you look close enough? I suppose you could, but I thought it was a good hit. You don't want to see anybody uh, get hurt, but I thought it was a I thought it was a mano a mano shoulder to shoulder, at least the initial point of contact. Thatcher Demko, I know he was uh, dehydrated, uh, obviously as the game went on, but he was really good in the first period. And um, at Vancouver, to me, they got a real chance to make the playoffs because of Demko. Well, I mean, isn't that isn't that true when you talk about? Where, where you start with building a contending team. If you don't have goaltending, it doesn't matter how much you can score. It doesn't matter how tough you are. It doesn't matter how great you are on special teams. Uh, if you can't keep the puck out of your own net, uh, it greatly diminishes what you can do. And in some cases, if you're just a, a pretty good team, it, it completely eliminates the good you do. So yeah, if he, if he, uh, uh, stays healthy and can play for them. I like them. I, do you think they're a, a playoff team? I'm still not. I'm still not sure. But I tell you what. When I look at uh, 
the new captain. And when I look at uh, Patterson, is such a good player. I mean, man, is he good? They've got they've got a lot of good pieces there. And 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 uh, you called him. I think I referred to him the same way last night. Uh, Di Giuseppe, the pizza man. He looks he looks like a a pretty handy guy to have around. So yeah, if they stay in the race, good for them. I mean. Uh, uh, talk it seems to have them playing the kind of hockey he wants them to play they got a pretty they got a pretty good bench when you look at that coaching staff eh i mean you forget who they've got there those guys knew how to play a little bit eh Oh yeah, Rick Taka was joking. He would love to have a, a game of uh, where coaches played the other coaching staff. He feel like his team would win rather easily and uh, he's probably right him and, and definitely my the toughest coaching staff in the NHL there's no question about that across the board so Bronte we'll see how the uh, orders respond on Saturday uh, early on a little adversity it's always fun appreciate your time okay man talk to you later on see you it's uh Ruben Bronte aka Robin Brownlee the oil report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton top in right now and get five thousand dollars off any 2023 model 2.40, when we return, oof, are we going to see another blowout? I think it's very likely. We'll discuss it next on The Gregor Show, live on Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 2.45, welcome back. Uh, hey, boys, I had the same feeling after that 9-6 loss of the Flames in the playoffs. They bounced back well. I expect they will again from Wally. It's true. Did they lose to the Sharks? In the playoffs in 2017, 7-0, and then bounce back the next game. So, you know what? It's one game. And I think we can accurately talk about how bad. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. They were in one game, but the chances of this repeating itself, I will say this. That's one of the worst efforts for 60 minutes I've seen from Edmonton in a long time. I've seen them have other games where they shoot themselves in the foot and have terrible giveaways that led to goals or some really soft goals. But I think their lack of 
any sort of consistent work ethic last night. <sighs> haven't seen that in a while. So I would be surprised if we see it again, even all season. Like, they'll lose some more games, don't get me wrong. But I don't think they're going to get their ass handed to them as bad as they did last night. Let's get to the NFL report now because, hey, I, I think another um, blowout is coming tonight. Brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home with no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Go to LegacyHeating.ca. As uh, we are joined now from uh, Fox 4 in Kansas City, Rob Collins joins us. And, uh, Rob, I know there's no guarantees in sports, but, man. The Kansas City Chiefs against the Denver Broncos. This one has lopsided written all over it. <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. The Chiefs have won 15 straight games against the Broncos. You got to go back to wow. 2015 to the last time Denver has beaten Kansas City. That was Gary Kubiak and Peyton Manning. Remember those guys when they actually <laughs> played? So, yeah, I mean, blowout city potentially. But Denver always seems to play Kansas City tough. If you watch their games this year, they obviously got mauled by Miami. Remember that, 70-20? to 20? Every other game, they've been kind of in the game. So depends on what we see tonight, how motivated Denver is. Obviously, it's an AFC rivalry game for the Chiefs. So it is a big game. They've talked all week about not taking these guys lightly just because, like you, everybody thinks it's going to be a blowout. I mean, they're 11-point favorites, and 11 points is a lot in the NFL. Oh, it, it is a lot, Rob. It's where do you where do you see Pacheco at right now? Is he emerging as like a legit number one guy? Because I know he's getting a lot of red zones for fantasy people like it, but I'm just talking overall. Do you, is he like is he separating himself as the go to number one guy there? A hundred percent. He is the bell cow, and that man runs angry. You know, kind of like a night after a, a bunch of pints, and you're heading to the diner as fast as you can to get a big old plate of poutine. Well, that's how Pacheco runs. Mad. Denver gives up almost 190 yards on the ground. So I expect Pacheco to have a big night tonight. It's going to be windy. There may be a chance rain gusts up to about 30, 30 miles an hour. Might be rainy towards the second half, and the Chiefs may have it in the bag by then. So I'm expecting Pacheco to have two touchdowns and maybe reach the century mark here. Rob Collins joins us. Uh, Rob, one thing I've noticed, uh, Patrick Mahomes um, avoiding sacks. Is that something he's talked about that he wanted to to eliminate the amount of sacks? The guy can extend plays and he likes to do it, but he seemingly is is knowing what, throwing it away a little bit more than he has in the past, or is the O-line just part of the reason why there's fewer sacks? Well, he wants to avoid them. Obviously, no NFL quarterback wants to get hit. But in Patrick's mind, it's better for him to leave the pocket than to force it, especially with this young receiver group, because we've seen in the past where interceptions have been an issue for Patrick Mahomes. He's got four this year. Some of those aren't his fault. But this wide receiving crew is the youngest wide receiving crew in the NFL. So they're still trying to mesh with Patrick Mahomes. They're still trying to learn what he's going on. I bet if you ask a lot of Chiefs fans, they wouldn't know who the leading receiver is for the Kansas City Chiefs as far as wide receivers. How, how much of a concern is that, Rob? Like, you know, this is a championship caliber team. That, and in the playoffs, hey, it's great to have an elite quarterback. But I, I know that. Brady won early on. Maybe they didn't have an elite receiving course some years. Obviously, later on with Gronk and, and uh, Randy Moss, they did. But is there any concern at all about not necessarily having any go-to reliable receiver? I know they have the tight end, but they don't have a receiver. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, he's expected to play tonight after the knee injury against the Vikings. The latest we're getting is that he will play because apparently his girlfriend's there, some singer that all the kids are talking about. But <laughs> your point is – very valid during the Detroit game. Remember when Mahomes threw that pick when they were behind? Yeah. So there's not a go-to possession guy that you can really, really count on like he has had in years past. 
10 different guys caught passes against the Vikings. So he is spreading it around a lot, but no one has really emerged as that guy that Patrick Mahomes can get to in the wide receiver core. We know Kelsey's his safety blanket, but Rasheed Rice is the guy I think at the end of the year will be that guy. That was going to be my next question because I know they got uh, Valdez Scantling has the most experience. Sky Moore is really young. Kadarius Tony's obviously uh, been inconsistent his entire career. So if you were putting money on it, you'd say Rasheed Rice by the end of the year will be Mahomes' favorite receiving target, excluding Kelsey, of course. Yes, I agree. He received, He's uh, leading the wide receivers in receptions right now, and he's just getting better and better. And he's big and he's physical and he runs hard after the catch. He could get a lot of yak yards, and he might do that tonight because, again, the wind, I think we may see some short dump-off passes where there's an opportunity for Rice or maybe a Sky more somebody else to break a long one against Denver. Rob, what do you make of the, the Chiefs' defense? Like, Russell Wilson's numbers aren't awful uh, no. in, in Denver this season. They're pretty decent, actually. But so, you know, Chris Jones and company, uh, how, how do you view, first off, the D-line up against the Broncos' O-line? Like, I think they should uh, have an advantage, but how much? I agree. They should dominate. And remember, Chris Jones is certainly motivated after the contract issue earlier in this year. He's got to get a bunch of sacks to reach those incentives to get the bag. He's already had four and a half this season so far. So he and Mike Dana, George Karloftis, if he plays, he's questionable coming in. Those guys should have a big night and put a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson. And this is the best defense Patrick Mahomes has ever had here in Kansas City under Steve Spagnuolo. I mean, they're fifth now, tied for fifth, giving up 16 points a game. And these guys are just getting better and better. Those guys were really young last year in the secondary. Yeah. But Justin Reed, the veteran back there, the veteran safety has got Trent McDuffie and Legarius Sneed, man. That cornerback, you saw what he did on Justin Jefferson. I know Jefferson was hampered. He didn't play the whole game because of a hamstring. But LJ is knocking out the number one wide receiver on every team. And, you know, let's face it. Denver doesn't have the horses to keep up to Kansas City on offense, despite Kansas City not playing at its best and not having a true number one wide receiver. Interesting how you mentioned that defense, because at times I think the Chiefs had to win by outscoring their opposition a little bit more. They had an okay defense, but never an elite defense by any stretch. And in the secondary, if you're limiting the big plays from the opposition, especially in today's NFL where everybody loves the big play, it seemingly makes it easier. So I'm not going to say that the defense is the strength yet when you got Mahomes and Kelsey, but... How much closer do you think it is? You mentioned it's the best defense they've had, but how close do you would say, hey, you know what, like offense, defense, I'm not sure who's more important. Yeah, obviously Patrick Mahomes is the most important, but defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo said last week after the Vikings game, it was nice for uh, the defense to win one, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've seen the Chiefs offense do it so often, but they're pretty close. I mean, they're very comparable. This this defense has got something to prove. They understand they'll be playing in the shadows all the time as long as Patrick Mahomes is under center for the Chiefs. But these guys are young, they're hungry, they fly around, and they hit hard too. They can bring the lumber. Rob, looking and it's early on, it's five games. Uh, Miami, Buffalo, obviously Buffalo, the, both of those teams, uh, look pretty good. Uh, the AFC North, uh, you know, if the Bengals get going, they might be the best team there. Uh, the South, mm-hmm. I don't think has a real contender. The Chargers got off to a slow start, but like the Chargers, Chiefs, Bills, and Dolphins, like I see those as the four best teams. You have anybody else that you would put in that category in the AFC? No, and I think the tiers are very far in between those four that you mentioned and everybody else. And the Chiefs, really, the next three games, they play Denver, they play the Chargers, and then Denver again. They could have a stranglehold on this division by the end of October, man. I mean, they're used to winning the divisions here. That's expected. Super Bowls are expected. But I'm with you, man. That Miami game with the Chiefs in Germany, 
that's going to be the game. That's the one that everybody here is talking about because no one's really afraid of the Broncos. And we've seen the Chargers and their coach, Brendan Staley, make so many mistakes that the Chiefs aren't really worried about anybody in this division. So I'm with you. Miami, Buffalo, if they get going. But I think Josh Allen's regressed just a little bit. And if Burrow stays healthy, man, when you got that receiving crew with Jamar Chase, those guys can always be dangerous. Has Swift mania become too much for Chief fans? It's too much for this guy. <laughs> I can tell you that. I appreciated the Metallica intro yes. right before it came on. That's more my style. Guy went to high school in the 80s, man. But it's crazy here. I mean, it's it'd be like Connor McDavid walking around town just out in the open. Everybody's going nuts. I have a 12-year-old daughter. She's interested in football, so I guess that's a good thing. You're okay. always interested in football with Patrick Mahomes here, but she's asking me more and more questions about football. So I think there's a line. The Swifties are obviously on cloud nine, and some of the maybe the football purists and some of the old crotchety guys, like I'll put myself in that category, <laughs> like she's not playing the game. Let them have their personal lives. I don't care. Yeah, and that's and that's the the balance about it, right? It's like, oh man, like, hey, if Kelsey wants to date someone, I have no issue with it. Um, I also do think, you know what? If, if all of a sudden, like, the NFL is a big dog, but Taylor Swift's a pretty big dog in a, in a global standpoint. So if all of a sudden it brings teenage girls or, or young men and women who weren't watching the game, and suddenly they're watching, I don't see how this is a negative. No, it's a score for the NFL for sure. And I'm sure you heard Bill Belichick a couple of weeks ago said that Taylor Swift was the biggest catch Travis Kelsey ever made. So, I mean, you know, with her tour going on or movie coming out, that's what people in the newsroom tell me. I'm not really up on it. But, I mean, it's a great publicity tool and great promotion, not only for the Chiefs, but for Taylor Swift. Now, are the Chiefs buying into this? Like, are they playing Swift songs at the games now even more than ever? What happens? Or are they are they trying to leave it alone as an organization? Oh, they're, they're playing along, man. Okay. How could you not? As you mentioned, this promotion gold, right? Yeah. So they're showing her in in the luxury box, and she's going to be at the game tonight. From everything that we've heard, we got news reporters out just waiting to see if she'll walk in if they can get her on video. So it's. It's a little crazy here in KC, other than just Patrick Mahomes, man. Lots more TMZ at the game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A lot more media members uh, in the postgame room the last couple of weeks. That's definitely for sure. <laughs> well, uh, Rob, it should be about 15 in a row. Do you know what is the what's the longest? Is that the Chiefs' longest record against the team that they've ever beaten? 15 in a row against one franchise? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I haven't been here the whole time since the Chiefs have, uh, but I've been here 12 years. And I believe that's the longest that they've ever had against one team. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just unbelievable when you think about it. 15 straight over a division opponent. Yeah, 15 straight over anybody is amazing, but a division opponent whom you play twice a year, maybe three times you meet in the playoffs, they know you. But Denver's in disarray, man. Yeah. They are falling apart. They're beleaguered. Sean Payton's way in over his head. They're having issues like Jerry Judy today, maybe traded. Frank Clark used to play for the Chiefs, took a big pay cut. He may be released. So, I'm with you, man. I see this game like... 30-13 or something like that. I don't, I don't see it being very close. No, it definitely seems like a blowout for sure. So hopefully Pacheco runs wild and gets me four touchdowns for my fantasy team. That's all I need. Yeah. So Hey, um, agreed. I have Rasheed Rice on my team, and I parlayed <laughs> both of them to score tonight. So, man, drinks might be on me later tonight. Who knows? <laughs> Rob, great to catch up with you, man. We appreciate it. Have a good one. Enjoy the game. Yes, sir, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate y'all. That is uh, Rob Collins joining us from uh, Fox 4 in Kansas City. And you know what? I know some people, oh, this is terrible for the NFL. I don't see how it's terrible at all. Like, Taylor Swift is a massive star globally. Like, you think that Patrick Mahomes is big. Patrick Mahomes, who who might be the biggest NFL star, pales 
in comparison to Taylor Swift globally. Okay, it's it's not it's not close. You got to remember, NFL is very much North American. Yeah, I know they go to Europe and they play there a little bit, but it's not the same. And if all of a sudden Swift is bringing more people, like I'll tell the NHL would die. Right. If I I don't even know. So I don't want to speak out of turn. I have no idea if Austin Matthews date anyone. I don't really follow the personal lives of players, but let's say, because I know McDavid has girlfriends. I'm not going to mention him. So let's say Austin Matthews suddenly was dating Taylor Swift and she's at games like the NH, the NHL would love it. Make no mistake about it. You don't have to like her music to realize that it's good for your sport. It's two different things. Coming up after three o'clock, Terry Ryan will uh, join us. We also will uh, hear from uh, Lance Lazowski. Buffalo loading up on their young guys. Is this the year for the Sabres? You know why the Sabres are cool? Because they have goal songs for their players, Connor Halley. I've been talking about this since 2012. The orders should have done it. The orders, you know what? You could have been ahead of the game. I gave you the free advice and never did it. Now you see other teams doing it. Fans love it. Got the Sabres. They have all of their goal songs. For every individual player. You know, it's funny. I've talked to the order players for years about it. They think it's a great idea. Why the orders don't do it, I have no clue. None. It's such an easy way to connect your players to your fans. Simple. But they don't do it. Ridiculous. But the Sabres, the reason they make the playoffs this year. Nice, of course not because the goal song, because they had it last year. But I think they're a playoff team this year. Let's get to the con man and a sports center update brought to you by B.I.E. Engineering, your structural engineering specialist. Whether you're in the process of rental or building your dream home, BIE can help you out. Go to B-I-E-E-N-G. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 